hereby reaffirm Prince Lucerus of House Valerian is the heir to Driftmark and the Driftwood Throne and the next Lord of the Tides. You break law and centuries of tradition to install your daughter as heir? Don't you dare tell me who deserves to inherit the name Valarian. No, I will not allow it. Allow it? Do not forget yourself, Vayman. That is no true-born Valarian, and certainly no nephew of mine. Lucerus is my true-born grandson, and you no more than the second son of Driftmark. You may run your house how you see fit, but you will not decide the future of mine. My house survived the doom and a thousand tribulations besides, and gods be damned, I will not see it end on the account of this Her children are bastards! <laughs> and she is a whore. I will have your tongue for that. He can keep his tongue. He can keep his tongue. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Best day before him. That's Brock. Everybody on? and stand on this throne? I will. Cable. Because I'm one of the hosts of Facing Off, a <laughs> podcast where we take two pieces <laughs> of entertainment, <laughs> and today we, take we ignore all the real politics that's going on in the world in favor of fantasy Drag, politics. And uh, yeah, we also, instead of having internet trolls and talking about what's going on with Twitter, we're going to talk about snow trolls. Ice trolls. Uh, ice trolls. Today, we are doing Frost the first trolls. season of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which will uh, hereby be called Rings of Power or ROP, and House Definitely of the Dragon, Rob, but... which is a <laughs> Game of Thrones uh, offshoot. Hot. And, uh, or prequel, and we're going to call that Hot D. <laughs> Rob and Hot D. It's just executive decision. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm joined by the uh, half orc, half uh, elf type th- being uh, Adar himself, Nick. <laughs> and uh, our queen <laughs> regent. That one? And our queen regent of Numenor. <laughs> Why did I get uh, Adar? Layla. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm out of here, dude. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> He's retired. Uh, 
What's up, guys? Let's talk about some fan. Wait, let's put on our glasses and talk about some fantasy. You're trying to uh, call me a dork? What's that? What's that dude, about? Dude, I'm a fucking dork. If you're a dork, I'm a I'm dork. A dork. <laughs> Everybody's a dork. Oh, shit. My I headphones am- might sound weird during this, so I apologize ahead of time. Hey, guys, are you super excited? Yeah, I'm so excited. I could not be more excited. <clears throat> All I've been doing well, for the last couple weeks missing. is talking about Rings of Power, so... Me too, me too, and I'm in a universe of my own talking about it, but uh, we're about to talk about it as a podcast. Isn't that neat? Um, Before we talk about these, I just want to give a chance uh, for those folks who haven't haven't had the opportunity to watch either of these seasons or haven't finished them. Stop. I'd recommend, yeah, Stop. turning this off and then Stop here. Watch. join us afterwards. 17 to 23 hours of The podcast show. will always be there, you know? The podcast is not an employee of Twitter or Meta. Uh, it will always be there. Uh, apologies to anyone who was laid off in the past uh, week. Um, but yes, come back to us um, because these seasons were really fun and really awesome and also have flaws for sure. So let's break them down. Layla. What? We're going to use different <laughs> categories this time, but most of them are the same. We use that one to seven rating scale where seven is the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> and one is uh, oh. Lucerus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be Lucerus, Valerian, and Arax. his dragon, Arax. That's what I was going to say, is Arax, who gets bit in half like he was nothing. Munched. Uh, he gets straight out munch, munch, munch. Munch. Let's start with Layla. I know you keep saying my and name. I'm like, start. what's happening? Yeah, okay. you're going to start because I think you were the most excited <laughs> going into a, especially Rings of Power because yeah. you're a huge, <clears throat> um, as you say, Loader fan. Yes. Um, loader. And loader. Uh, so let's talk about spectacularity. How engaging was this season of Rings of Power? And then... Try to include some of your fave and least favorite episodes and, you know, some moments that really brought you in. Um, well, I'm, I'm just I'm going to give it a seven. <laughs> um, oh, hell yeah, dude. I had so much fun watching this show. Like and I, I we're going to talk about it later, so I won't get too much into like the negatives that people have brought up about the show. But like. I just had a great fucking time. Like, it's been a long time since a show came out with content that just felt so new and different and engaging. And it felt like I was watching a feature film every single episode. And I loved the shit out of that. Like, I just felt I knew every time I put this episode on, I was like in like I strapped myself in like I like turned all the lights off. I was like, I'm watching a movie right now. And it really felt that way. It was so exciting. Um, My favorite episode of the season is season six. I think season, uh, I mean, episode six. um, Is that um, the, uh, the huge, it's uh, the, it's the battle, but I, but I love it because I think it's like the perfect combination of like, you know, this world and the storytelling that comes with this world, but also that action and that excitement. And it it obviously is a turning point in this season, but, um, that's what it was called. How you doing? (laughs) um yeah it 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 just that episode particularly i felt like my heart was like racing the whole episode like i just was and that episode was fire and a show hasn't made me feel that way in like a long time like a tv show right like not a film but a tv show 
Um, yeah. And then, of course, like the cinematography was like so fun and beautiful and different and nice. And the music is stunning. And I love how they like Howard Shore reinvented what he's already accomplished and done and made something new and different that I, al- I already listen to and love so much. Um, I just had a great time with it. I and correct me, but are we going to talk more about like things people didn't like? No, later we're done on? talking. Okay. <laughs> the episode's yeah, yeah, over. Will. But um, but you can talk about like you know a low point, like something yeah. that took you out of it. I mean, I'm gonna stick with the seven because I just had such a good time watching this show, and it, it like exceeded my expectations because I was very worried about the show going into it. But if I had to like say anything, I do think that like, and I think this will improve over time. Like I think they so much was going on in this show and i think certain storylines worked incredibly well and others like could have used a little bit of tweaking like i love the harfoots but i think that like every episode felt pretty redundant as far as like what was happening with them like i i love the content but like it didn't feel like a whole lot was projecting forward for a couple of episodes there like it just felt like the same kind of interactions they were having um and, like, in general, I think that there's definitely, like, some writing flaws that can be worked on and improved on. But for a show that was going off of such little content and trying to do justice to this world and to Tolkien, like, I think the writing is really fun and beautiful. And I think it plays really great homage to Lord of the Rings um, and The Hobbit. So it's a 7 out of 7 for me. Hell yeah. But Nick... So Layla had just mentioned that Udon is like the episode that really like turned it. And I think for you, cause like we had kind of argued a little bit that you had found the show to be fairly boring while you liked it, you found it to be fairly boring. But then after that episode, it was like, you couldn't really argue with the excitement of that. But yeah. tell us about that. <clears throat> I, my high points are episodes six through how many is it 10? I think it was nine. Is it nine? Yeah. I feel like it's not ten. No. Six through the end. Six through the end. Six through the end. Eight, actually. Are, are pretty awesome. Those, yeah. would, I, those I would give like a six and a half. Um, and, but I think that episodes like, honestly, like one through, one through like two and a half, uh, and then like a, there's another lull. They just are not, they just kind of drag for me, and it just feels like, the season needed could have been like six episodes and been really, really good and sharp, but they have like all of this time to talk about all of this stuff and they have multiple seasons after this. And it just sort of isn't like as like a, not the biggest Lord. Of, like I'm, it's not like I don't like the Lord of the Rings, but I'm not like a massive fan. Um, it just sort of drags and it's not, you know, and I know I'm not like alone in thinking this I'm alone in this room perhaps but not in the world well, it's just sort of i don't even know how to view the world's reaction to this show it's so bizarre and we'll get in i mean it's not like i disliked it like i liked it more than other people i've talked to about it that just really didn't like it but i mean episodes six through the end are fantastic yeah and there is a good amount of lore that i really found cool and um I really like anything that follows Galadriel, which is really... Galadriel. I know, I can't do it. An amazing <laughs> character. I can't do the role. Um, and I, I think that like a lot of the, the like building up of this like pre, 
pre-Lord of the Rings lore is is cool, but anything that kind of felt like it wasn't building that up or wasn't, um, you know, like very punchy and driven just sort of made me like, okay, you're, you're wasting space with the show. Like you have too much time to tell this story of Sauron. Um, Sauron. Um, no, just keep I, bragging. I'm going to give the whole show a five. Okay. Uh, because six through nine are really, really good TV. And I'm really sorry. I can't roll my R's like that. So aren't we all, well, I, I'm, I'm mostly, so I understand, you know, objectively I could see how this could be a little bit slower, but I, I just think that's the show that we should be signing up for because it's truly a world building show that takes a lot of time to get into the details. And while we know a little bit of Lord of the Rings, um, history from what they tell us and show us in the films, um, and then if you you know watch The Hobbit or read The Hobbit, and then if you read the books, you would know a little bit of this. But they're really building this world out in a way that feels so fresh um, from what Lord of the Rings was, and that takes time. And they're really balancing a lot of different, not just characters, but different perspectives and different beings, and and so it it takes its time, but I definitely. I think the number one thing that I could say for Rings of Power, especially over House of the Dragon, is it is, and this is kind of what Layla was saying, it's like a purely immersive experience. You are traveling out of sight and mind, like essentially into this fan fantasy world that's totally different than what we're getting on TV. Um, it's It's like its own cinematic universe where you are like, fully into the map and all the characters and stuff and you know how it relates to um, certain places we've been before and characters we've seen before and I just feel like every episode of Rings of Power I like got sucked into the TV and all the like honestly all the money that went into it Mm, like really was effective for me because it felt like I was entering like a meta universe with it Um, it's stunning (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I will say it for negative things before I talk about like favorite episode and and stuff. Like the negative things are I think that the storylines and the characters and who the characters' names are are really hard to follow. Oh. Like, <laughs> like everyone always makes a joke about how like when they watch like Game of Thrones or something, they don't like they can't remember what names they are, but I can remember the names of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Like I had forgotten who Arandir. I, I forgot Arandir's name. Yeah, and like that's one. Of, that's like arguably I'm only my favorite like character. Sixty-seven percent confident. I know who you're talking about. Right? That is the main elf that we get. That's not Galadriel <laughs> and not Elrond. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. That I was right. That's with. But I was Bron- only sixty-seven percent confident Bronwyn. that I was right. Yeah. And only because that sounds a little bit like an elf name. But again, that's bad. Because if I can't, like, I would read, like, recap things and, like, reviews and stuff. And I'd be like, who the fuck are they talking about? I don't know any of these names. And so, and then on that same note, I think a lot of the conflicts and tension, like, for instance, the politics of Numenor 
and uh, you got the, it there. You did it. And so what's well. going on? Thank you. <laughs> He's pretty and, good at and it. And the the with the queen regent, but then her like second in command, who's like the richest one, who's talking to the townsfolk. It's like none of that made any sense to me. It all went over my head. I barely understood how they came to the conclusion that the guy who ends up being Sauron is like the king of the Southlands. Like all of that for some reason didn't make sense to me. And it's actually very similar to Lord of the Rings because the first, the moment in Lord of the Rings in uh, fellowship of the ring where Galadriel, uh, or whatever no. the fuck, I can't do that one. That one's tough. You're like, um, when Galadriel, like, in like, like talks to Frodo, the whole scene, she talks to Frodo and then like shouts in that like horrifying voice mm-hmm. that I don't, every single time I watch it, I black out. I don't know what the fuck she said. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the importance of it. I don't know. Like, is she Sauron? Or like, what is happening? I, so that happens a little bit too often in this. But I will say that the rest of the show keeps you immersed. And there's two, two parts of that. What you said about the score really resonates with me. Because the moment that they are first sailing into Numenor is fucking insane because visually i was like oh my god they actually nailed this with the cgi i hate cgi and that's all cgi and it looks yeah. and then yeah. the drumming is mm-hmm. is happening and i was like oh I mean, my god I, i'm getting howard chills. shore I'm is this. just a fucking like legend Dude, like he's legend, a legend. <laughs> such a legend and i will say on the harfoot note i agree i think that it becomes repetitive i more find the guy who is definitely going to end up being Saruman or Gandalf. I find everything with the stranger or whatever the fuck he's going to be. Could he's be Tom not, Bombadil. He's not Sauron. We're pretty, um, we, we are pretty definitive that he's like Gandalf, Gandalf. at this point. But. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, no but, one can say definitively. It wasn't like acknowledged in the show, but there are reasons I why guess you can assume it Sauron is. Saruman would be like a, the, the white still at this point so he's the gray okay but everything with him i felt really repetitive like really repetitive but the harfoots are what brings me back to this fantastical element that immerses me because without that you are just getting this darkness you're only getting one half of what is interesting about this world you're not getting the good the purely good whimsical part of fantasy yeah and that's what i think they do well and so, but actually my favorite episode outside of the, the one that you mentioned is actually the great wave, which is the one where, um, the queen regent is getting those visions of the, of the tree. Oh, yeah. And then at the very end, Galadriel is leaving and you think she's like leaving for good or whatever. And then the tree starts shedding and then all of a sudden she's back and the queen gives this big speech about how they're going to go and protect the Southlands. And I just think, like, overall, everything that happens in that episode is very good. And unfortunately, right afterwards is my least favorite episode, and it seems to be the internet's least favorite episode, which is Partings, which is where they get ready for that battle, and you get those silly scenes, like everyone trying to, like, hit Galadriel with their sword, and there's just, like, a lot of, like... And then you're just, like, waiting for... um, I forget what his name is before we find out he's Sauron, but... Uh, oh, whatever. Halbrand. That, yeah, Halbrand, <clears throat> Halbrand like is so mopey and annoying in it, and like 
I just it doesn't work for me. So that that episode is a low point. But I'm gonna give it a six out of seven. Love it. <laughs> and mm. then let's talk about hmm. House of I should the be Dragon. Writing this down, huh? Yeah. <laughs> gimme, gimme. Uh, this. Yep. And then that's a pencil. Can't yeah, I don't have that on pa- my hand. I don't have a pad. Just do it on your phone if you can. How how do I write with a pencil on okay. my phone? Here, I'm gonna go in the other room, but the audience won't know this. Hey guys, let's uh, let's talk about uh, House of the Dragon. Uh, uh, yeah, spectacularly and favorite yeah, least favorite episode. Nick, I think you should um, start us off with it. Talk about hot. D. Yeah, talk about that hot D, dude. Ugh. Um, I don't like that name. I think <laughs> that this show has a, some glaring errors. Some glarers. <laughs> uh, and they make this rating hard to give because it is um, unusual and uh, jarring when uh, the cast of a show changes two or three times throughout the show and some casting choices are phenomenal top tier choices and others are confusing and weird yeah and um kind of ruin some things like why is there a man who appears to be at least 24 years of age feuding with a tiny boy um on a tiny a few years younger on a tiny boy dragon um it just doesn't make a lot of sense and it kind of hurts things but then there's also the um the casting of millie alcock and then becoming emma darcy um which is a great casting choice and both kind of bring their own little take to this character who's really um you know pretty solid but if not great character but she would be greater if we just did not if we had a season of millie alcock and then the next season's emma darcy or we have one episode at the end of them being older there's that like change that keeps happening is my biggest problem with enjoying the show fully because it just raises so, so, so many questions. There's also some storytelling lulls, but I think a lot of those, like the time jumps are just hard to do. It was just a weird first season of a show that could be really epic and cool um, because like uh, Rop... It's telling this like no. prequel. I <laughs> know it doesn't work either. Drop, trop. <laughs> trop is worse somehow. It's it's telling us like prequel about this really cool you know fantasy family that has and this like rift in them that defines their demise and and that's cool. I mean it's just fan- fantasy wise is really cool. You but you, we we got like a weird first season. And and so for that reason, I'm also going to give it a five. I don't think I enjoyed it any more, any less. It does not have a three episode um, hot spot like six through nine of six trop, six through eight of yeah. trop. That's still three episodes, right? Six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight. Um, I agree with that. It just doesn't have it doesn't have that same thing. So they both have their strengths and weaknesses. That's. Uh, that's kind of where I was at as far as enjoying the show. Mm. I really enjoyed the show in general, but it's definitely got some like near fatal flaws that hopefully aren't problems next season because spoiler alert, you killed the little dude. So 
now the old dude that's feuding with him doesn't look that weird for feuding with him. Although he does look like a decade older than his older brother, who's now the king. So I just yeah. don't, I don't know. There's just some things that just don't completely make sense that are not storytelling problems I have. They're more like, I guess they are storytelling problems, but they're also casting decision problems and just this like weird choice to have this fast forwarded first season to get us there wasn't necessary. Like, like in the rings of power, I kind of wish to solve our problems about the knowing the characters. We had one Harfoot episode, two Galadriel episodes, uh, an episode with Elrond in the mines. Like we had things more segmented, so we knew more things, and we were not going back and forth. You mean you Numenor? So we Numenor more things, and I the same kind of thing. I wish that House of the Dragon was just one intro episode, but I know that they have to get to a certain point. Um, and and there's there's this like long arc for both shows where they know that they're going to take three, four, five seasons to to tell this story. So. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give them both five. So I'm not going to pick favorites in spectacularity. Okay. Layla, what about you? Um, I'm realizing right now that I don't think I've talked to either of you about this show. Um, I hated this show. Like, whoa, a lot. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I did not know. I mean, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to give it a three. Um, I think this Damn. show is incredibly poorly done. And I had such a fucking hard time watching it. Um, it was like painful. I would say the last couple of episodes that I caught up on for doing this episode, I was like forcing myself to get through. Like I would have been fine never finishing this season. Um, I hated the recasting choices. I hated the pacing. It made no sense. The entire show at a certain point just started to feel like we were watching a spoiled brat child fuck whoever she wanted and fuck people over over and over again. And her dad just like letting her do whatever the fuck she wanted. And everyone had to deal with the consequences of that over and over again. Like I, 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 I had no reason (laughs) to be invested in this show. And the, the, the shitty thing about it is like, there is a lot of potential in the content of this, like all, all, all this history, this part of history, right? Like, I think that what you just said is actually would be a really good. I would agree with you that that like that's weird, and the way they presented that is weird. But I think that would be a good show if it were executed differently. Well, so yes, I feel like that just didn't. I feel like the fact that that is the crux of the show is a problem to me. Like that should be happening, and that's a part of the history, and that's fine. But it became everything. Like we forgot about the importance of like what Game of Thrones is, which is like power struggles, and like we didn't even really get to dive into the power struggles happening here the way that we should have because it felt entirely overshadowed by like Rhaenyra just fucking around like I just I would say actually beyond that the power struggles happen behind closed doors yeah I think until there are the last those two power episodes. struggles but they're they're executed poorly because that is like it's very tragic that that is the the genesis of the exodus of the Targaryen family is the is Rhaenyra's, uh, you know, if she fucks around and then eventually I, I, I would assume she finds out, but yeah. who knows? We have to wait two yeah. years. And I just, I like, so I, I love Allison. Like, I think she's an incredibly well thought out character. I think she carries the entire show, um, especially the latter half 
with like the older Allison. I think she's remarkable and I think she does such a good job. Um, but like, that's like, these are characters that like are such important, especially like for women, right? Like these are really important female portrayals of like what can happen to women in power and how power manipulates people. And like, what Allison is forced to do despite who she is as a person in order to survive as a woman, as a woman in power. And like, there's all these beautiful female characters and I just feel like it's consistently overshadowed by pettiness. And it's really annoying to me that that's how they chose to like what they chose to make the like number one plot point. Um, Highs. I mean, I, I think their choices to, exemplify the pains of being a woman through birth very powerful and i think those scenes are very very powerful go ahead gabe <laughs> you're making a no face. no i i totally agree but how about doing it three times yeah my pregnant, i mean my pregnant co-worker did not like times. those scenes <laughs> yeah, they did it four enough. times right she was like dude no <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah i um it seemed to like but that's the thing, right? It It's just like, how disjointed do you have to be to have like this many very powerful, very terrifying scenes about birth that fit nowhere into the in, like what you're doing yeah. with this show, like at all. Like it's like yeah, it's background so ideas. jarring when it happens. You're just like, mm. I was like watching two girls catfight with each other. And all of a sudden now I'm watching a woman go through the worst fucking stillbirth I've ever watched in life. I'm just like, what? Like it, I it's watch so, a lot of those. It's such a, it's such a poorly put together show. Like I, I don't even. It's rough. I don't. I, I don't even think like. I don't think any of the acting, in my opinion, is particularly incredible. I don't think the the shooting of it is particularly amazing. I don't think. I just don't really care for any parts of this show that much. I think like. I'll give it a three because there's like Patty Constantine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I, I just, for, for what it was supposed to be and what they were trying to do, this is just so semi semi par. Like it's just not that great to me. And there were way too many, like very simple mistakes made in this show. Um, I agree. That made it difficult. Oh, a million. Yeah. I, (laughs) yeah, Layla, I'm like totally I, I'm I'm somewhere between the two of you. Um, so five plus three is eight divided by two. <laughs> yeah, um, find the mean, median, and mode, please. Um, no, please I don't. I just it, when I talk about <laughs> Rings of Power being immersive, I this show is not immersive because there's no room to breathe. You are moving through time way too fast never explaining the time jumps, just assuming that we're going to be okay with it. And then for, even though that the, the first half of every episode, when there's a time jump in my head, I'm like, wait, what? Like this, Oh God, fuck. It's like, it, it's a very weird decision. And I get that they were like, we don't want to do a bunch of flashbacks and stuff. And we really want to give you this backstory. And we think this backstory is important, but you know what? Do the backstory over the course of a season or do it in flashbacks because the way you chose just simply does not work. It's required. Like I love when they let the audience it will. Cause it's like, I love when you give the audience credit and you don't tell everything to them, 
but this is having its cake and eating it too. It's basically like we're going to treat the audience as intelligent by skipping through time and not putting on the thing six years later or whatever and explaining all that. But we're going to treat the audiences like they're idiots by giving you an exposition dump of everything that happened before it um, or just like what it means. Or we're treating the audience so dumb where we're assuming that the audience isn't going to be like, hey, what actually happened during this period of time? Yeah, because literally it, nothing's really told to us, to be perfectly honest. like, Well, and if it is, it's everything is told to you. Like, in one yeah. situation, they'll explain everything. And it's like, I kind of wish that we but saw like, that. It's 10 years since this has happened and all of this has happened and this has happened. I would say nowhere is it worse. I'm actually going to rant time. Rant. rant this away. is where it really hurt me because where, where the interesting stuff is happening on off screen and the disinteresting explanation of those things is happening on screen. Corliss in one of the first episodes, maybe the first episode, says, oh no, the triarchy and the crab feeder. I need help. I'm going to straight up abandon my position because I need to stop them or we won't have any shipping lanes, which makes me the richest man in the world. And then we don't see the shipping lanes. We don't see that he is actually rich. We don't really know except for some people say online that Corliss and House Valerian are the richest family. Or how he is rich. Yeah, because or of the, how sh- he because got of the shipping money. lanes. Yeah, because of yeah. the shipping lanes. We don't see him actually be, like, why he's called the sea snake. Because we don't fucking see him on a well, boat. That's because we don't of know the that, shipping lanes. Yeah, but <laughs> if I saw him on the boat, even just doing regular trade, and I understood how good he was at that, and working with <laughs> other merchants at sea. Um, or the whole and, period like, where he's gone fighting and then comes back injured but he's not really that injured and also we don't see him fighting well, okay so then yeah so it's like you never see him on the boat you don't really see any issues with the triarchy you don't see the triarchy you hear about the crab feeder and then he gets damon on board and then damon tries to strike and it doesn't work and then years pass and they're so exhausted and we didn't get to see any of that but they're exhausted they're at their final wits end and then finally the king is going to help and then Damon's like you know what actually I'm just going to run into the field and do this bullshit move with this fucking flag and then I'm going to draw out the crab feeder and it works and he kills the crab feeder guess where that happens off screen then he pulls him out and then we don't even get any explanation of how he survives getting grayscale because the crab feeder fucking for sure has grayscale. We saw his his skin up close, so that's nothing. Maybe if and they're then, dead, you can't get the grayscale from them. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Let's I, I, talk I'm about okay grayscale. This episode is brought to you by grayscale. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by grayscale. Um, but <laughs> then... We don't see Corliss for a really long time. And then when we see him, it's after his, it's like right when his kids die. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. The triarchy is back. Fuck Driftmark. I'm going to go check out my shipping lanes because no one else is going to do this. Then he's gone for six years. And then there's a debate as to where like whether Luke can be the head of Driftmark if he doesn't know anything about sailing. But I ain't fucking seen Vaymond or Corliss 
sail a fucking boat. So I don't know why they are necessarily better than he, this fucking 10-year-old boy is because I never see it. I guess he's not 10. He's probably like 15. And he looks, then it's 100% 11. And then Corliss magically is back and then slow reveals at the end of the fucking season, hey, by the way, actually, the triarchy weren't shit. I won. We now have our shipping lanes. We actually got everyone uh, in Essos, in that region, uh, involved in this. And now we don't have to worry about the triarchy again. Well, then why the fuck did you ever mention it to me? Because I didn't get to see a single moment of it. So any, this is what like <laughs> makes me so mad. And this skipping in time hurts that. It's like we get to the Green Council episode, which is v- like could be a really good episode except for they're explaining to us that behind closed doors um auto hightower has been meeting with the rest of the council and they've been scheming to make uh uh fucking aegon the next king second of his name king of the and that happens like that there's no i want to see some scheming as layla was mentioning I want to see the actual politics. I want to see that there is a struggle for power and there are different families that are are affected by this. We never really go out of King's No, let's Landing. have another do, conversation it's... about the validity of her children. Let's have another fucking conversation Which about that. we already know. As audience members, we know it. And we know ain't shit going to be done about it until there's a civil war. They're also and then... not... <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not mixed race kids yeah it's like, like it's obvious on its face it's just <laughs> it's just it's so funny yeah, and then it's like, so weird there are little things like i can't be in i can't care about these kids or rhaenyra that much when you tell me that rhaenyra had this loving relationship with Harwin that that yeah. she was able to That's do the at the same time. Honestly, to me, as a, as a fan Lenore. and a reader, like the thing I'm most upset about is not getting that relationship. Like he was yeah. I'm obsessed with Harwin Strong. Like I am yeah. I am fucking pissed. I didn't see that shit go down. <laughs> and then he's just dead. And then you get a scene where it's supposed to be like a really impactful moment where Damon at the in the last episode chokes Rhaenyra, which is supposed to be this like total betrayal of their love and it comes out of nowhere and she's like totally misunderstood this beast of a man that everyone else knew was a piece of shit but to her it's so surprising it's like dude we saw them have sex well we saw them inappropriately almost have sex but then we have that see them have sex passionately once and guess what dude that was fucking years ago and then we never see any loving things so it's not impactful to me because we already know that he's awful we don't see how it's a betrayal of the one person who should love him so to your to your point like obvious like the stuff that we needed to see and that was important for us to see and that we cared about seeing was not shown to us and we saw the same thing over and over again in every fucking episode it just yeah it's it's truly so so fucking poorly done like it it, nothing about what i was given is anything i wanted to see about this history at all not a single scene yeah yeah and on that note i mean just to end it like i agree i also think it's above average because (laughs) i'm so worked up over it and i read so much about it after every episode and it is exciting and there are these moments that 
my heart is racing while I'm watching it. The whole... But there's so many moments that I'm like, what the fuck? Just show us it. The whole season feels like like a build to the rest of the show. And that's not a good way to open a show. Yeah. I just have no faith that they're going to be able to do anything good moving forward. Just because like... I would imagine they must because they can't jump around in time anymore. But it's not even about... But for me though, and I think this is an important distinction, it's not just the jumping around in time that's a problem. Because like... They even the episodes we get like the way in which they could have portrayed conversations between people or given us moments that they're referencing could that could have happened in what we were given. It's not just a time jump thing. Like, yes, the time jumps fucked them over. But like even within the episodes we have, the conversations I'm watching are not conversations I give a shit about listening to. And there are better True. conversations for them to have written, and they chose not to, and that scares me. Well, for, no, for and what's they no, they did. I mean, there's even the scene where there's supposed to be this fa- this real falling out between Rhaenyra and Allison when she finds out that Allison is going to marry her dad, and they literally fucking cut that scene. And there's a lot of contextual scenes that were cut out in favor of what's going to further the action. But even like I'm talking about. Give us that fucking triarchy shit, yo. Like, <laughs> I, like there's a lot of action that could have been had. I will say, I, I, there's one episode that I think is a very, very effective episode, and I wish it was the whole season, and that's the Lord of the Tides. It's the intro that we did. The whole thing with the last day in um, mm-hmm. uh, King Viserys' life is it hits every note of Game of Thrones that I love. Mm. And I think it was more emotionally effective than anything Game of Thrones has done. Or maybe, you know, since like the third or fourth season. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like there was there were moments of... It's a wedding I was thinking of there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, no, there are like... There are just a lot of moments in that that were really powerful. And then you also get like the coolest fucking Damon scene ever. And then you get Aemond. It's like the first time you see Aemond when he's like a 30 year old man. Um, and Aemond with the kids where he's like, and they're so strong. And then that part when Damon uh, stops uh, Jace from running at him he's like uh-uh and then jace just immediately stops and then he just looks at aemond and a- they each have like kind of an appreciation for each other and then aemond walks the room is fucking that's like that's the peak if every episode was that it'd be really good but i don't make it anyways i'm still gonna give it a five out of seven i think layla gave it a three and I nicholas it gave three. it a five as well we spent a really long time on that, but I think that's kind of like the heart of what makes a show good. It's the strongest being... part of the conversation. Yeah, the Harwin strongest. Um, I came up with a different category we should do. That's basically what we do with originality and like if this deserved to, be, <laughs> if this should have been made. But I want to talk about the worthiness of these shows in and and how they follow up from what we've seen before. So obviously uh House of the Dragon is a prequel of Game of Thrones, but it's essentially an extension of Whoa, this wait. big show that we saw uh and this book series that's incredibly popular. At the same time there's Rings of Power which is a deep 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 prequel of 
Lord of the Rings, and but it is also an extension of the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies, and it comes from the appendices, I guess, of of Lord of the Rings books. Um, so were was it necessary that these oh, were made, gosh. and are they effective? at continuing on the, le- like, not the legacy, but the, the like, um, Story. the stories of yeah. these things that we beloved. Um, Nick, why don't you start us off with House of the Dragon? Oh, Jesus. We kind of <laughs> touched, we kind of <laughs> touched on this. Just like Gabe kind of touched all of the chords on yeah. the table. Um, Sorry, audience. <clears throat> we we kind of touched on this. I think that this is... Um, I so I am gonna I'm gonna stop talking. I tried to read the Game of Thrones books. I got to Feast of Crows. I don't know which one that is. The I don't third? either. They all get lost in my brain. Um, they're hard to read. Um, Lord <laughs> of the Rings is hard to read as well. Um, and I don't have oh. a very long attention span. Lord of the Rings is is just brutal to read. Yeah. So I um, I will go back. I will read House of. The dra- I will go in and read that no, because I think that you should. This, uh, I won't. Dance of I Dragons. Dance of Dragons. It's not. It's not. It's not this really is a misconception. A it's not a book. It's a history book. It literally oh, is a history book. Like it is written that's as a history book. Sorry, so it's on. not. There's no. See, that's kind of cool to me. I'd rather read that than it's. It's really. It's really books. dense. It is really hard to get through. I. I and I'll I'll let you finish before I say what I'm gonna say. Go ahead. Okay. I would rather learn about this story than the story of Game of Thrones because I think that this like this is a nice I think that long term this could be a really cool story. I don't think that it is going to be a necessary prequel to Game of Thrones because we're not going to get to the Mad King in this story. Yeah. We're telling we're telling this this sort of like small story of the rift in this in the Targaryen d- dynasty that is going to you know eventually lead to the Mad King and then to the f- downfall of the the family altogether except for Daenerys and her stupid brother. I don't think that this is a prequel that needs to be like is like absolutely needed to be part of the the like story here Mm -hmm. but i do think that it is potentially a really cool thing to talk about and to do again the execution of that in this first season leaves a lot to be desired so i don't i don't really know like how we're if we're only judging on this first season like it could end up being a six uh this first up this first season probably bars it from being a seven but it could end up being like a three if they just keep fumbling the bag. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. But like, ultimately, like, to, to talk, like the Rings of Power, you're talking about a direct pre, a prequel that fills in gaps that are necessary for the story that could be not aren't, aren't necessary, but are interesting to know for the story of Lord of the Rings. They're, mm. they're part of like this. I have like, a lot like, to say to this. <laughs> please do. This part is, I'm just, I'm just. He's floundering. <laughs> floundering. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a story to tell there about the development of all these like key concepts that are in Lord of the Rings. I don't necessarily know that 
that House of the Dragon is needs to like you don't need a whole lot. You like they they give you they give you quite a bit already um in Game of Thrones. So I don't know. It's like a four. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting to you? think about rating it. I don't really know how I want to rate it yet. But so with House of Dragon, I like I kind of disagree. Like I actually was really excited by the choice of this part of the history because I liked how separate it was from Game of Thrones. Like I liked the idea of a part of this world living in a part of this world because I'm just I'm starting to realize when it comes to prequels or stuff within universes, I very much just prefer when they create something outside of what already exists within that world. That's its own thing. So in, in that sense, this could have very much been a very magical thing on its own, right? Like I was excited for them to put to life, like, when dragons were alive and when dragons, you know, fought in battle and <laughs> that part of that history. And again, I think that there is so much in this content. I just think they did such a poor job of giving it to us. Like this history is rich and there it's is a, a lot. It's a bad first season. It's if, a really if bad. that's a story you're going to tell, because I don't know the story they're going to tell. You you know the story. If this is, that's the story they're going to tell of dragons in battle. We saw two dragons I mean, battle one another obviously... and one of them is fucking giant and the other one's a tiny little bitch ass yeah. dragon. I mean, we're setting up a civil war, like you said, right? Like moving forward, we're setting up something really big, but even to Gabe's, you know, like beautifully said point earlier, like it, there is so much about, about what was happening that they keep mentioning offhand that we didn't get to yeah. see that could have been shown, right? Like this is, yeah. that's all stuff happening within this timeline that they chose to ignore. <laughs> that's like a part of this moment in time before this civil war happens. And that's all the politics of it. <laughs> like who owns what? And like he said, like, why aren't we seeing these battles happen? And why aren't we seeing the strategies coming to life? Um, so, I do think it should have been made. I don't think this worked and they did a very bad job of doing it, but I was really excited about this content and that was kind of like what I was mentioning. It's not, I think it also plays a role that like, this is not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, um, it's not a narrative in when you read it, it's like, it is like a history book, the way that they present the information. So I feel like, um, it just what the the writers didn't have a whole lot to go off of when it came to the relationships and like those conversations and stuff, which just says a lot about the writers of this show and how not great they are at doing that. But um, they obviously mm. needed the penmanship of a literary writer to create those really good conversations to have something to go off of because they didn't do it without it. Um, they just literally took factual information and decided what parts of that factual information they wanted to put into the show. That explains a little bit why the narrative's so bizarrely poor. Yeah. 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 If um, they're just literally telling it like a history book, I guess it is kind of... Well, they're taking it from like a... What they're sort of telling book? it yeah. a little bit like a history book too, yeah. where like maybe the nitty gritty, if no one was there to observe it or write about it, they wouldn't be able to, but like, to put it in the history book. Which and, is so funny because like you don't... Just because that's what you're going off of, you don't have to. Well, yeah, do like to it Layla's point, way. it's just uncreative. Yeah, anti-creative. So, but to your, you had mentioned, and I can just talk about them both. But you had mentioned Rings of Power. Um, so, like, in the sense of what you were saying, where it's like you're filling in gaps and stuff like that, which they do do in this show. So much of 
Rings of Power is not canon- canonical at all. Like so yeah, much totally of it different. is made mm-hmm. up. Like so, so much of it, which I loved. Like I was so impressed by what they chose to do with these storylines and how they how they very creatively and this is why I'm like this is what I want out of people taking bits and pieces of content and creating something new right I want them to do creative things I want them to change how we see these like pieces of content I don't want the same thing over and over again like even with the Hobbit series they had the content at their fingertips and they still failed at it right like having the content doesn't always mean anything. If you can be creative with that content, that can create something really magical and special and different. And like with Galadriel, like her, that none of that's like canon, like her in battle armor and fighting. That's not canon. Like so much of her storyline, you don't, it, it, it just like, even the way they tie in to that scene you're talking about that you black out every time you watch it when she goes all dark and stuff. Like, they're Wait, giving you this. I don't remember it. <laughs> they're giving you this like very smart like background and history on like the darkness inside of her and where that developed from in her life and why she like gravitates towards darkness because of her like traumas and whatever. Like this to me, like Rings of Power does what House of Dragon does not do well, which is mm. fill in those gaps in a very creative, smart, and well-written way. Like, there's mistakes writing-wise with pacing and the way things are presented in the show, but, like, I don't think enough people understand how much was, like, really thought out well when it came to, like, connecting these, like, very new pieces to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, which is impressive because they could have fucked that up really hard, although fuck all the haters. I swear to God, the Lord of the Rings fandom is so goddamn trashy and awful. I mean, any of these fucking (laughs) fandoms are so toxic and so So uninclusive. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, And they're just like, what's so weird about them is that they're defending something even though they could just like appreciate the extensions of that thing. You know what I mean? Like you're basically saying it's It's like misunderstanding what is good. So I did this for a while where it was like better call Saul or whatever. I mean, it's a little bit different with better call Saul and breaking bad, but people would say like better call Saul is better than breaking bad. I get really mad about it. And then I was like, wait, who am I defending? Because Vince Gilligan is making both of these shows. <laughs> it's in his image and he is God. Um, <laughs> and no, but like, I, I never understand. Like if you understand the true beauty and the power of Lord of the Rings and what that should mean and how it's like, so it it's funny. Cause it's like, so anti like bullying and being an asshole because Lord of the Rings is all about how good will prevail. Yeah. Um, even through times of like extreme darkness, these people are defending Lord of the Rings while forgetting what makes Lord of the Rings so magical and special. And I'll talk about that in a second. I do want to, I'll, I think we I'll should just rate whole... both at this point. Yeah. We've all like Layla and I both talked about both. Well, I'll you give do your ratings. How's the dragon I'll... four? And I'll give, Trop. Yes. I'm going to let that breathe because yeah, it's Trop bad. Trop is good. I and we're not going to do it. Hot D and Trop. New um, Hot D just drop, dropped. I'll give Rings of Power a six and I'll give House of the Dragon a... Oh, this is hard because I do think it was like... Uh, oh, God. Uh, four. 
<laughs> it's funny. I'm not as negative as Layla is on uh, House of the Dragon in general. But I actually think if you look at the purpose of extending something, um, particularly on the same medium, um, and having really a chance with new people and the book's author to yeah. uh, kind of fix the mistakes of season eight and in, in parts of season seven, I think House of the Dragon isn't that worthy of a show. I think I enjoy it and I'm happy that it's out there and I'm going to continue to watch it even if it like actually devolves into a really bad show, which I yeah. don't think it is, by the way. I don't think it's bad. Um, I just I, – I don't see the worthiness in it because part of your point, Layla, is when you get this prequel – and I'll talk about a different one later as my suggestion. But when you have the chance to do a prequel, you get to explore the universe that is so interesting, but in a totally new way and a different perspective. And while, yes, Game of Thrones was really interesting because we have the perspectives of so many different houses vying for a throne. And these houses are so unaligned and don't even share that much history together. That makes it really impactful and i think that the books are especially good at that for game of thrones like this is a different perspective which i appreciate where it's one family but how one family can branch off into different opinions of how that family's house should run or or who's more worthy of the throne and i i just that's a good idea but everything that we see in the show is what we've seen in Game of Thrones. With the exception of it being daring enough to go into these childbirth moments and uh, some of these emotional moments like the, the – I mean I guess like even the tenderness – like one of my favorite moments in House of the Dragon is uh, I guess an improvised moment where King Viserys' crown falls to the ground as he's going to the throne and Damon picks it up for him and he says like, come on, you got this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's really powerful. But then I'm like, Spanks okay, so the, is every scene. on the butt and yeah. lets him walk up to his – you got this, bro. Yeah, you got it, bro. Um, Slap. Come on, bro. Um, but then we get scenes with Jamie and Tyrion that are extremely similar to this, like different power dynamics between them. So like, I don't think it's totally new. I think we're seeing a lot of things that we saw, even if it's a different way of going about it. I think that we are, yes, seeing, we are at least going to see, you know, when dragons were the number one weapon, um, in this land and, and they decided, you know, wars because, you know, with the exception of the moment that Daenerys burns down all of King's Landing, like on a whim. no one really battles just with for dragons shits and, gigs. and stuff. Yeah, just on a. She's just like, hey man, don't really like this city. I'm gonna she's get like, rid of it. Um, and I'm hungry baby. for some fried Citadel people. Um, uh, different place. Uh, I at the same time, like that is so interesting. But I don't know if it's enough for a whole series. Like, it's I don't not. Think it's a hundred percent not. Like they're and that's where I'm like, I don't. The other think stuff this is needed worthy. to exist. That that all of the stuff you're talking, like, even 
the fact that dragons are such a game piece in the like war conversations only came in to like that like literally a, a minute in I think it's like the last episode where mm-hmm. they're referencing it finally Damon's like what are you talking about we have dragons <laughs> like yeah. we have this many dragons and that we becomes a part C-Rax. of the strategy Caraxes Caraxes Xanax. Uh, <laughs> this episode. Oxycodone. Uh, yeah. um, no, I know. I totally agree with you, Layla. And I actually just like kind of my final point about House of the Dragon before I, I, I just like close out with the Rings of Powers is um, the House of the Dragon. So with, with Game of Thrones, so I've never been like an expert on Game of Thrones like material because I don't read the books. There's, I, I just I watch too many things. I'm sorry, I don't read like you nerds. Um, but I consider myself like an expert on people who are experts on Game of Thrones. So like after every episode of Game of Thrones, oh I would read every single thing. <laughs> From people breaking down the episodes, but also yeah, people sure. that have read the books and giving us like the history of the books. Ugh. So I know a shit ton about this, even though it's like I essentially copied my midterm from like some spark other notes. person. Yeah, exactly. Sparks it's like a Spark Notes version. But what I will say is I'm doing the same thing with House of the Dragon, but I don't. I feel more interested in what I'm reading about afterwards than I am watching it. And that's where I think it's failing it as an adaptation. On, it leans on the internet to, to explain things. Absolutely. Whereas Lord of the pretty, Rings, pretty Rings of Power, there is a lot of it that leans on the magic and the story of Lord of the Rings. So like, like everything that you know is going to happen and the fact that these rings are being made and like who Sauron is, is uh, really, <laughs> is really like pushing us forward because we want to get to that point. And as Nick said, we're never going to get to the mad King, but we are going to get pretty close to the end because Sauron's rise is not that long before the events of, of Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, or I guess it is. It's thousands. Yeah, you of have years, to. You still have like to go through Misty Mountains. You still have to go through the Hobbits. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's thousands of years, hundreds sure. for sure. Regardless, you like you you. It all is fitting into it. You know what I mean? Like it's still connecting to it because the stuff yeah, that's like happening. We know that guy. Is, yeah, it comes like, like there are characters that, that exist in in all of it. I know, right? I know Sauron exactly. Sauron Jones. <laughs> Sauron Jones from up the street. <laughs> um. No, but it, but what is remarkable about it is that it's this totally new immersive experience, and I think it's wholly different than Lord of the Rings, the movies, which are incredible and grounded, and there's like limited they CGI, acute, and they are, but they're yeah they're they're like very. I think that Lord of the Rings is kind of limited in a certain extent, you know, because we have this conflict and we're going towards it and we might go through different parts of the map for this, but this is like, no, let's, let us build this entire world that you've heard about, about Middle Earth and even these parts outside of Middle Earth that you haven't seen. And I find that really fascinating. And yeah. I think that they are taking good use of this freedom of exploration, you know, like that they can, there's not a lot written on this. There's no stories written on it. You have annexes and stuff. And, you know, the house, house of the dragon is kind of based on like annexes essentially, but like more, 
there's a little bit more of like a story to them. This one doesn't have that. And I think they don't even have the rights really to, even though they paid like $250 million for the rights, like Amazon doesn't have the rights to like what actually happens in the books. Yeah. Because they, they a never lot of, were able yeah. A lot of stuff that's just like alluded to in the show is that's the reason they're only alluding to it. Because exactly. they can't direct, right, like outright say those things or talk about them at all. But that um, doesn't hinder you. And no. it also doesn't make you want to know about those things. Like House of the Dragon, when there's something missing, I care a lot about it. So I'm actually, I'm going to give Lord of the Rings or Rings of Power a six in terms of worthiness. And I'm going to give. House of the Dragon, a three. Okay, well, I'm going with a three then. <laughs> For House of Dragon, because that's what I wanted dragons? to do. I just... Annex. Or... Annex. <laughs> yeah, but Annex would be one. To be continued.